Test, test, test. Can I get a little bit more volume? A little more? I'm the one that's hard hearing. A little more. Okay, we're good right there. Well, good morning. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. All right? I got to say that this is uh, probably be one of the topics that are dear to me, but at the same time, it's one of the topics in Scripture that we can go for a whole year every single Sunday, because the whole relationship that we see in Scripture is based off of God and His Son, and who is now our Savior and King, who has given us the opportunity to become children of God, and so we carry on this relationship with God, not as a religion, but as a what relationship with the Father. With that said, and it's been said before, I know that in our world, where we live at today, we know a lot of people that are not living with their dads. We know people that are hurt by their dads. And I personally have counseled and, and spoken with adults that are way older than me that are still struggling from the wounds of their dad. And so with that, I, I acknowledge that. And so as we are going to continue to go in the Word together, I'm going to try to incorporate all that. I'm very sensitive uh, to that. But I also want you to know that that's why it's so important that we address uh, the privilege of being called the dad, but at the same time to also see it from other eyes as to what it entails and maybe where your father did not do for you and why it was so difficult for him. I personally, uh, my dad passed away about seven years ago. He was second generation uh, Puerto Rican. He was born in Puerto Rico, but then uh, came here to the States. And uh, I can say, and my mom is here too today, but I can say that my dad loved me the best that he could, but nobody gave him the right manual as to how to raise a family. So he did the best that he could with the ways that he knew that were taught to him, and he just transferred on those things on to me. But praise God, there's a different story and a different ending in my situation. So right now I'm going to ask, I had so many things. I I speak for Family Life, uh, one of the speakers uh, on Family Life, and and I speak on the father topic. And I was like, oh, this is a no-brainer. I'm just going to highlight a little bit of what Jeremy Riggs said and a little bit of what Jeremy Parahoma said and, you know, do our altar call and it's a done deal. But I just felt I wasn't released to say that I'm just going to stick to that curriculum. I wanted uh, something for us, for the people that are here at the Brook, for the men that I know here at, at the Brook, and for the challenges that we have uniquely in Chicago. Amen? All right, so let's open up our Bibles to the book of Psalm, Psalm 127. Psalm is right in the middle of the Bible, well, somewhat in the middle of the Bible. It's in the Old Testament, and historically it's called the Psalter, right? You know, when you get food on your table, well, Puerto Ricans, they get adobo, but Everybody else, maybe we have salt and pepper, right? We put a little salt on something because we want it to taste what? Better. It tastes good already, but we just want it to taste better. And so the, the salter is what it's called. It's, it basically, when you read it, it helps us 
get salty again, right? Get a little bit more flavor in our walk with God. And my son had beautifully just explained how sometimes we know, but this doesn't know. The heart is disconnected from what we know. There's no emotion, there's no feeling, there's no connection to what we know that is true. And so we're asking God to salt that up a little bit today, right? So Psalm 127, which verse? Well, the whole thing, all right? It's only five uh, verses. We're going to go through that together. Everybody there, Psalm 127? If you don't have a Bible, there's one inside of the pew. And hey, if you don't have a Father's Day gift, grab a Bible. Take it with you today. Uh, That's my gift to you, all right? This is Psalm of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Thank you, Lord. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today because you are the perfect dad, your good father. We thank you that for many of us, we've come to that place where you showed yourself and we saw that we needed a savior. And you've given us your son, Jesus, as an atonement, your son as a way to now be adopted as children of God. And we thank you for that and your Holy Spirit that gives us the power to live this out. And today, God, I thank you for the men and the privilege to speak uh, to everyone here. But on the topic of dads, I thank you for that privilege as well. And I ask for those that, that don't know you, God, that today you may reach them, show yourself. They may come to a place today of conversion, born again. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, to be a godly man, it's pretty difficult. It's hard, right, to be a godly man, a man that that takes on what God shows us, a a pathway of, of righteousness, right? It's hard. To be a husband, it's even harder, right? Because not only are you trying to, like, live out for the Lord, and now you're, you have a wife that you have to tend to as well and do it together. That's a little hard, huh? But you know what's the hardest is when you're a father. Because you still have to take care of those things. And now you have not only one, in my case, five children. And sometimes you feel like you're all over the place. My son was talking about it today, like, oh, what's, I'm like, that's how I feel like every day. Lord, how am I going to, how are we going to do this? I don't have the strength. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have uh, the know-how. I, 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 how am I, I going to lead this family? But we're grateful because the scripture says that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He doesn't give us what we can't handle. Amen to that. But 
with that said, that doesn't mean that just because you're a dad and you have your Bible, that you got it all together. The truth is, sometimes we try our best not to show who we really are to our kids. Because it will scare them. <laughs> it will scare them. But a little bit about myself, I, I have five beautiful children. I have now two more added to the family, total of seven. And uh, two of my oldest are married. Uh, I have two in college and one in high school. Uh, it's a, what we consider a blended family, but I don't see it like that. I just see it as family. And uh, very grateful for the privilege of uh, raising them up. And uh, I think every single one of them we've had a little altercation where not only saw the love of dad, but also the wrath of dad as well, you know. But it's all in love, and, and, and that's good. But I say that because I, I, I know how challenging that it could be. I feel like sometimes that the demonic forces that are out there to stir up fear, they have like a special potion for parents. Right, moms and dads? They, there's like, there's some kind of fear that comes upon us that we're just thinking about our kids' future, uh, our some of us are grandkids, and it's such a fear that you, you just, you don't even know what to do. You feel hopeless. Like, this is, it's not going to work. And you try your best to kind of suppress that, but it always comes up again, especially when you get those phone calls about what your kid did or something, right? And so I, I, I understand that. I mean, Ron Deal, which is the author of this book called The Smart Stepdad, he says that in the United States, there's 50% of children that will have a step-parent at some point in their lifetime. 90% of children in step-families live with their mom and stepdad. Stepchildren who have good relationship with both their stepfather and their non-resident biological father have better outcomes than children who have good relationships with just one of their fathers. So we have an issue. We have a problem. And I'm grateful that the church has a solution, or is at least addressing the problem. So I know that, again, I'm talking to people that your kids are going to go home with you, but some of you are going to be going home to a household that doesn't have your dad or doesn't have your mom, right? Or some of you are going to a home that you just lost a parent, just lost a dad or, or, or a, a mom that is just is still hurting you, even this topic alone. And so I, 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 I get it. I understand that. But let's look at what the scripture says here in Psalm 127, right? It says that unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Billy Graham said that a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. The other day I was asking uh, somebody about their parent, and they're like, you know what, I, I don't even know where all the dads are today, you know? But I do. They're at Bell Park Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and on Saturdays playing baseball with a bunch of kids that, that are not even theirs, majority of them. And I was, I was able to go uh, to a couple of the games and just experience, wow, there's dads everywhere here. here this is where they're at. This is what Jesus was saying when he was saying, go out and be fishermen. They're not going to just walk into the boat. You need to go out there. 
we were able to talk to a few dads on, on Tuesday. Actually, I talked to every single dad on Tuesday uh, that I can, I can grab. And it was amazing that they all have the same exact concerns that we have, the same exact issues that we have, the same uh, uh, desires that we have. They just don't have the right tools to get there, right? So I'm very grateful to even walk alongside the men here at the brook. Hats off to you guys. Keep doing a great work. Uh, don't let up on it because you're going to want to park it once in a while, but don't let up on it. Keep going. So we see here that he says, do not, right? And let, don't build it on your own. Early on, I was caught in that whole mix-up where I just provide the bacon. Anybody been there? Just go to work. Provide what, is, what it takes, and you're doing your job. Come home, shower, get your meal, relax, do whatever you want to do. Watch TV, read about whatever you want to do, and then go to bed and do it again. And you have fulfilled your call as a dad. Far from the truth. And I learned that really quickly being married to Lamadi, it's like that's not going to happen here. Right? We need a little bit more help, a little bit more engagement, a little bit more uh, push. Right? And so not only are you building it, you don't, you're not building it just for your own sake, you're not building it just financially, you're building it emotionally. Right? You're building it spiritually, physically. Right? Keeping the fridge full of food. Our fridge went out again uh, a few days ago. And the kids still open, the, open up, even though it's broken, there's nothing in there. But they still open it up and just look at it, and, you know, maybe they're wishing that somehow it just, something comes in there, you know. But then when, we, when it was fixed and we, we put food in there, I mean, they get excited, right? There's food in there, and they're, like, eating like crazy, you know. I was talking to somebody earlier about that. They're like, you know, all you need is a small fridge because in reality, you just need milk, eggs, butter, right, and maybe, like, uh, some fruit that won't they're going to go bad in a few days. But we have a bigger fridge. You fill it up with all kinds of stuff. When I cleaned it out, I'm like, wow, this stuff has been there for months. Nobody's touched it. This thing still has a fork in it. You know, you're just, like, they just put it in there. Right? They put it in there. So what the Lord is saying in here about building up your home and building it in vain, basically it's saying building it without God. You know? And everything that you do, even when you're doing something at home and, and when you're building up the home, you have to, men, bring reference to the Lord. Don't worry about that. God has a fridge for us. Don't worry about that. We're going to still eat, right? Don't worry about the Wi-Fi. There's more things in life than that, right? We need to always bring that. They're not going to be thinking that. We need to drive that in there. We're not only building a home physically, we're building the home. The home is not the brick and mortar. Just like the church, it's not the brick and mortar. The church are are the people. And so the home is your family that maybe sleeps at this place, the address, whatever that is for your life. But that is not your home. It's where you stay and, and, and clean yourself up and eat and everything, but that's not your home are the people in it. And so I, I'm hoping that you're starting to get my desire is that you see a, a, a bigger vision as a father, a bigger vision as a parent uh, for what it really entails for us through God's eyes and through the, through the uh, scriptures of what it entails to be a parent, specifically now a dad. Let's keep going, right? It is in vain that you rise up early and go to bed late. That's my life, you know? I rise up super early before everybody and I probably go to bed Late, I don't go to bed later than everybody else. They should be going to bed early. But that's our, our life, and, and we do, I feel like that's a rat race, right? Do it day in, day out, day in, day out, 
day in and day out. And early on, as a, as a dad, I just thought that I had to do whatever I had to do to make it for my family. Right? So far from the truth. I was uh, working at a specific job like 10 years ago or so, like 12 years ago. Probably made the most money I've ever made in my life. But I was out of town for about four to six months out of the year. And the wife was going crazy. She was like, this ain't, I did not marry you to be a single parent here. And rightly so, um, I didn't know how to get out of the situation. I was tied into too many big contracts and things like that, that uh, the Lord ended that story. But I tried to restart it again. Started marketing myself, going back into the field, and uh, all the doors were closed. But at that time, I was unemployed for about six months. And the kids, all they kept saying was, we just, we're just happy that you're home. And I would get upset that they were saying that because I, like, yeah, you're happy now because I'm here, but you ain't going to be happy with nothing to eat. Or, you know, you start just <laughs> thinking all these things, right? right? They're gonna, there's only so many games we can play or, or whatever. It's just, I, I need to get out and work. And so my uh, ch- children, though, showed me a lesson that was my presence is more important than my toil of work. And so now I just include them in all the work I do, you know. <laughs> but your presence is more important than the toil of your work, right? And so we keep on eating bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Parents, you need sleep. I'm going to tell you right now, I need sleep. We need sleep. We used to, I used to, I don't know what it was, but you, you, as you're raised up early, you're thinking, yeah, young kids need like eight, eight to nine hours of sleep. I need eight to nine hours of sleep. Right? I don't live off of 8 to 10 hours of sleep, but I, I do. But, and I know that a lot of the times when I'm uh, upset or grouchy or quick to, to respond to them is because I'm tired. And I'm going to give you permission today. Put it on the calendar. Daddy's taking a nap. Right? <laughs> Mommy's taking a nap. Give me 30 minutes to reboot. Because if I don't, I'm going to kick the boot. And you know what? Right? We, we, I need... To, I, I need time away. Sometimes you need time just to pray and say, God, uh, help me. They're driving me up the wall right now. The needs are just constantly going, right? And let's go back now to Psalm 127, and let's go to verse 3 to 5. It says that, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb. That's a reward. Listen, fathers need to receive their children as a gift from God. See, heritage is another word for blessing. The fruit of the womb, not your guys, but your wives. And today's world is like, oh, you got another kid? I mean, come on, don't you guys have Xbox or Blu-ray or something or something else to do? Why do you keep having children? Well, children are a blessing from the Lord. And when we start to see them as, you know, oh, they, they, you know they're, they're not mine, or you're scared to tell somebody how many kids you actually have, you know? You just give them like a low number at first because you don't want to tell them the whole story of how many kids you got. But the kids are a blessing from the Lord. And one of the first steps, is one of the principles I want to give you guys is one of the first steps you can do today is start looking at all of your children. I know some of them are teenagers and that's tough. All of your children and say, listen, you are a blessing to me. You're a gift from God for me. And I'm going to receive you as a gift, right? I'm going to welcome that. I'm going to smile I'm going to embrace it, you know. Then tomorrow I want another gift. <laughs> no, but, but you, you, you got to receive that. It's, it's our attitude. And our kids know when we irritate them. 
Our kids know when we don't want to receive them in that way. Our kids know that. What about if God did that to you? You go to prayer and all you feel is like, man, I don't even want to close my eyes. I feel like, like he's just upset with me, you know, giving me that mad look. It's like, but that's not how God does that, is it? The moment that you open your mouth and you confess to the Lord, he receives you. And he takes you in, right? He embraces you, right? He displays grace. He does, you know, discipline us at times, but we're not, we're not, we haven't gotten to that point yet, but he receives us. And so what we're doing as dads, we're trying to represent Christ. We're trying to represent that, that if our children never read the scripture at all or ever heard a verse, that they lived with us for 15 years, 17 years, that if somebody were to read the scriptures, they would say, oh, yeah, I believe that. My dad exemplified that in my life. Oh, yeah, I, you know, I was, I was uh, sharing with another, uh, I don't want to say his name, but he's a, he's a great speaker. His dad is one of the guys that mentored me. And he was supposed to be speaking on husbands, right? He had a husband talk. All he kept doing was using every reference towards about his dad. That's how much his father impacted his life. That every single example that he had was back to his dad again and what he saw. And when we were done, I was just like, man, you, you took my, my, my talk, you know. You just kind of merged it together. But at the same time, I was just so thrilled to see that, that his father did such an impact, an impact in his life that all of his references or his examples, his analogies, all came from home. They all came from home. Dads, I plead with you. Live it out at home. Be the example. Stepdads, if you're a stepdad, be that example still. Be that example still. Don't say, well, that's not my kid. You know, that's, that's somebody else's, you know, that's the response. No, be that example too. Show them the difference of what it looks like in your home. Show them the difference. Be the example, right? So one, right? Receive them as a gift. Why? Because God says that they're a blessing, right? And I know they, they get to teenage years and they're like, Lord... What has happened here? So what do you do to do that? Well, one of the things you can do is to receive your children uh, as a blessing is to start to figure out how uniquely they are designed. And the only way to do that is by spending time with them. I have a story. Jeremiah is going to be upset about this. But, but uh, one of the ways I, I, I figured out that Jeremiah has just a very courageous kind of spirit to the point where he gets him in trouble. Right? He pushes the wrong buttons at times, but he's very courageous. When he was about three years old, he had, uh, three or four years old, I think it was, he had like these glasses that were just the strongest that you can think of. So his eyes were ginormous, you know? And he hated them. He tried to always get rid of them. He would try to hide them. He would, he would stop on them. Like the minute we would get them, he just didn't want to wear glasses. So we were at uh, Humble Park, and uh, we were at one of the playgrounds there. And his brothers were playing, but then I noticed there was a bully. And we guys, we know, parents know when there's a bully in the playground. It's the kid that keeps pushing other kids. Nobody's, uh, parents are not seeing what he's doing or she's doing, pulling hair or whatever, just being mean. And so I saw the bully approach the other two. They were playing on that, you know, that little bridge that's kind of slinky, and they're going to the slide. And he's pushing Julian and, 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 and Marcos to the side. And Julian's screaming like, hey, what are you doing? You know, like telling him, <laughs> stop doing that, you know, right? And so... Marcos kind of gathers him, and they just, they just kind of run off to the side and go someplace else to play. But Jeremiah is still making his way up the bridge. He was a smaller one. And so he gets up there, and I'm just watching 
And uh, Jeremiah's there, you know, he's doing this, I don't know what Power Ranger thing or something, he's doing this weird stance. <laughs> he's running across there, right? And as he's going, he, he bumps the, the, the bully, and the bully pushes him. And Jeremiah falls on the, on the, on the uh, that, uh, bridge. And so he, and, and I knew, I already knew Maya. He already, he, he, his face starts getting away, puts his, his glasses up and everything. And he looks at that kid. He goes, hey, don't push me. And, and the kid's t- like going to push him again. And so Jeremiah just literally grabs his face and just starts squeezing him like, ah, like that, like screaming, whatever, just going crazy. And the kid's screaming like a girl, just screaming, ah, ah, like, like, like going nuts. So now I, I, I break it up, you know, and I'm like, I want to give my, my son a high five for doing that, but... <laughs> Uh, it was just, it, it, it showed me, it gave me opportunity to see that, wow, this one's going to give me trouble, number one. And, uh, but, but, but two, I, I, I saw that he has a very courageous uh, a, a spirit about him. You know, he doesn't back down. And uh, he's done that in, in, in a couple of other ways and, and things as well. But you, you learn that by spending time with them. They're not all the same. They don't want to be grouped together as just the kids. They want it to be individually uniquely identified, right? Amen? How else can we do that? Well, once you start spending one-on-one time, you also start sharing each other's hearts. And you start to see how they tick, or, you know, what they like. You start to figure out what their theology is like, what do they view God as, and, and, and how he's incorporated within their lives. And they look to you for that to be the answer to show them how to waver through those things, you know? Let's keep on going. Verse 4. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Pastor Adrian Rogers says that the children are the arrows and the dads are the archers. The children are the arrows and the dads are the archers. Dads are the warriors and the children are the arrows in the hand of dad. Like that picture? I love Lord of the Rings. Uh... Nicholas, my kids are always, they're always going to correct me. Who's the guy with the, whatever, that guy. The guy that, that, that does all the arrows all the time. So some of you guys know who I'm talking about. I'm butchering the names because I'm bad with names. I'm just bad with names. Sometimes I'm singing songs that they're like, what are you singing? I thought I was singing that song. No, it's, the words are all wrong, you know. So Nicholas, or whatever you want to call him, the elf with the long blonde hair, I love when he comes into the scene in, the, in Lord of the Rings because he's just like nonstop just firing away like clockwork. Bah, bah, just hitting all those orgs like left or right, you know? I, I can never do that. We went to a, a men's retreat that there was a, an archery thing, right? And you quickly find out that there is a skill entailed to shooting arrows. So I wanted to be like Ligolas, right? So the first one I tried to do, the minute I pull it, I guess I let it go the wrong way, and the, it just went this way, hit my finger, and the arrow just stood there, like it never even <laughs> went anywhere. Then you start looking around like, 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 like this or something like that, you know, and you go at it, and then when I start shooting, I'm nowhere near the target. I mean, it's like flying everywhere. Good thing that there's nobody out there. It's just, you know, a bunch of targets. So I do what every man would do. I, I go up to it about three feet, and I go ahead and hit that thing just to make sure that that thing works. I just want to hear it and see it go inside of the, uh, you know, the, the target. So with that said, with, with children being the arrows and, and dads being the archers, and dads learn to shoot straight, the children will hit the target. Well, how do we then, dads, 
start that off. See, if we want godly kids, it starts with being a godly dad. It doesn't go the other way around. Right? So it starts with us. It starts with us first. So we need to then get ourselves skilled up or trained up to become dads that know what the target is and how to shoot a straight arrow. Now, our, 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 the, one of the keys on shooting straight is having a straight arrow, which, which they don't come natural. Kids are not born straight. Okay? They're all crooked. They're all full of sin. They're all ready to rebel, and they're all ready to test and take all your energy away. You know? So you need to have a straight arrow. You need to have a sharp arrow. Right? You need to have a good bow. And so what we do as dads is we need to help straighten out the arrows in our, in our home, in our life. And then we need to sharpen them with skills, not like Napoleon Dynamite, but like with skills that are able to allow them to now cut through the opposition that comes their way. But us as dads also need to show them what the target is as well. We need to shoot the arrow, not abandon the arrow. But shoot it, right? So let's, let's, let's look at this a few ways. How much time do I have, to be honest? I didn't even ask that question. How much time do I have? No, 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 serious. We got barbecues to go to, right? Okay, I'm sorry. Let's, let's, let's go quick, okay? Let's go quick. God has given the father the responsibility to prepare his children for life. That starts when a man accepts his responsibility for his role as a father. It doesn't happen till then. So men, if you wanted to get going, you start today. And say, I accept the role. I'll be the guy. I'll be the guy that's going to take on the role to what? Start to straighten out these guys, right? Sharpen them and shoot them, right? Not shoot them, but shoot them out into the world, right? So, uh, so, so, Ephesians 6, 4, this is one of the things, I, I just picked out small things, guys, okay? Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Let me say this, the default button is to provoke your kids. You don't need training on that. You don't need training on that. You can mess it up all by yourself, right? What we need training is to not provoke them, right? It's to not to provoke them, what? To anger, but to bring them up in the discipline of the Lord. See, what happens is if you're provoking your kids, they don't want nothing to do with God. You're provoking your kids, they don't want nothing to do with God. Right? So when we, 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 we raise them up, our first goal is not mess it up. The provoke starts with you. Let's not mess that up. But that's hard. Right? Sometimes you want to wring their neck and you just want to like shut the door, tell them, get out of my face, just, like, you know, leave me alone. I'm fasting from you for like a week or something. Right? <laughs> I just don't, I can't deal with you, right? So, so there, I, I know that, that, that it's hard, but, but guys, we cannot do that. Dads, we can provoke our children physically, verbally, and even being absent, being passive, not taking care of things that you know are supposed to take care of. You know, there's two types of sins. Some of you guys have been around, you know that it's commission and omission. Commission, you, like, you know what you shouldn't do, but you still do, Right? And then the, uh, the, the omission where you know that well, you didn't know or you just didn't do anything about it, right? And what sin did Adam do? Adam, omission. He just didn't take care of it. Go ahead, girl, eat that fruit, right? We'll deal with the consequences later. 
He didn't step in. He, he, he knew that she was being tempted. He didn't step in. He was right there. She handed it right there. Here you go. So he was omission. And it's the same sin that men today are dealing with today. We just don't want to deal with it. Ask your mother. I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to deal with it. Hey, I, I, I know. I just don't want to go there. Hey, your son needs to I don't. I don't want to deal with it. Man, they, somebody needs to go address them. Ah, I'm tired. I don't want to go address them right now. I don't want to be that. Nah, I, they're going to hate me if I do that. If you're just passive and you're just playing the card that you're going to give up on. And by doing that, you're actually doing more harm to them than help for them. Right? Let us demonstrate that we care for them, guys. Make them a priority. Show them at times where, you know what, you're more important than this situation. I've, I've done that in the past with my kids. Like, you can't do it for every situation, but when you can do it, don't over-control them, right? Lead them by an example. And the controlling issue I have, because I, I want things done the way I want it done, and if it's not done that way, you didn't do it, you know? Yeah, I did it that No, no, not the way that I would have done it. If I would have done it, it would have been done this way. And if it's not done that way, it's not, no. So what I'm doing is I'm starting to over-control and wiping away all the things that they did and saying that none of yourself is good unless it's done my way. No, you need to encourage them. You know what? You did a great job. Thank you. But let me show you how I would have done it. And this is why I do it. This is why your dad does it this way. Not because I just like it, but because, you know, there's something that's going to benefit you in the long run if you do it this way. So taking the time to show them why uh, to do that, right? Dwight L. Moody says that a man ought to live so that everybody knows that he is a Christian, but most of all, that his family ought to know. So ways that we straighten them out, again, sacrificially loving them, not provoking them, uh, demonstrating that we care for them, making them a priority, not controlling or overbearing on them, but leading them by example. Now let's sharpen them up, right? How do we sharpen them up? Well, by cultivating a relationship with them and start asking questions on a day-to-day basis. How was your day today? As a matter of fact, we, I learned this at Focus on a Family. They said, start asking the highs and lows of your kid's day. You know? I know other families do that here too as well. Instead of saying, how was your day? Fine. Good. What was the high point of your day? When I got an extra ice cream. Okay. What was the low part? When this kid was bullying me. See, and how much more now I know just by asking a different question? You're getting, you want to know, now you're getting specifics as to what's going on with them. You do that on a regular basis, you don't even have to ask them more. The minute they get in the car, they start telling you about everything going on in life, you know? And that's good because how you sharpen them also is how you listen to them. Listening is hard, especially as parents because we know the answer already sometimes, right? Like, I already know the answer. I already know what you're going to ask me. The answer is no already before you even ask it. You know, so it's like we, we don't even get a chance to listen to them. I, I, I beg you guys, slow down. Tell them sometimes, hold on for a second, let me put this away. Let me stop what I'm doing so I can give you my undivided attention and so that I can listen to you. Because if we don't do that, we're going to just start to assume what they're going to ask or what they're going to say. And we're going to miss the opportunity for us to engage there. Hug them regularly. And tell them that you love them. I'm a hugger. I love touching, hugging. I, I mean, that's my, my thing with the kids. They, they know that it's probably aggravating at times, you know. I just, uh, I, that's, that, that's me. But I hug them and I tell them I love them regularly because I never want them ever to go a day thinking that dad doesn't love them. I always want them to know that I love them. And God the Father does the same thing for us, right? 
He loves us every single moment of our lives. He's there. Okay? I see you yawning because y'all were partying yesterday. Some of you at the Puerto Rican thing. <laughs> All right. Pray for them. Amen. Pray for them. A lot of the, the situations in our life, um, they're, we share them more with our kids, our problems, and our concerns than we do prayer. And by, the, by you not having a better prayer life or a more balanced prayer life, you're going to share more of the negative stuff with your kids. Instead of sharing, we ain't got money, we're broke, sure. Just be saying, Lord, help us. And when they ask me a question, I know what to say to them. Hey, let's, let's pray about it. We don't have those funds right now, but you know what? We are, God is good and he's going to provide a way for us. And even if he doesn't, it's all good. You see the difference? The, the difference on, on, on changing that up? Praying in all situations. Oh, man, I'm concerned about, I mean, our kids are going to college. Concerned about, don't worry about it, pray about it. I mean, do your paperwork, but just pray. I mean, God will be the one. Let, plug in God in everything, but show them that prayer is important. Because if they see you pr- never pray, then all you're doing is showing them that you are self-sufficient, uh, uh, that you can deal with it without God. You don't need God. I can deal with this all by myself. Let me figure this whole plan out myself, and then we'll, we'll, I'll have an answer for you. No, let's, let's pray. Let's give it to the Lord. Let's give it to God. Let's, let's pray together. Let's pray about that situation. Let's pray about those friendships at your, your school. Let's pray about your, your, your concerns. Bring prayer. I mean, let me, let me say this too, guys. Sometimes we think, like, we don't have it all, like we don't have the right tools. A lot of the problem is not your sin. It's your lack of prayer. A lot of the times it's not just your sin. It's your lack of prayer about that. You'd rather play the victim than pray the victor. So we, we need to really become, it's a hard thing to do to pray. People say, oh, it's easy, just speak. No, no, it takes everything in you to submit yourself to a place of saying, God, I need you. And the getting out of the rat race that you're doing all day long, 24-7. But it's very important, right? We talked about sharpening, right? Praying for them, courageously lead them. This means that you're not going to be like, guys, how much time I got? Nobody's telling me how much time I got. Five minutes? I'm closing it up in five minutes, okay? So, courageously lead. This means that you're not going to be liked. If your kids say that, that I like you or, or I'd say my dad's my best friend, I, I don't think that that's as good to have a relationship with your kid, but I don't think that you're supposed to be called to be your, your, your kid's friend. Because friends don't really tell friends, like, they, they agree with them with all the stuff they're doing, even wrong, right? But a dad has to step in and say, nope, that ain't happening. Nope, you ain't going. Nope, I don't care what you say. Nope, it's not going to happen. No, 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 no. You know? You know what the answer is tomorrow? No. It's not going to happen. Right? You just keep, you, you need to put the foot down and say, you know what? I really don't care if they don't like me. I'm going to go to sleep just fine if you cry. You cry all you want. I'm going to bed just fine. And I'm going to work tomorrow and everything's going to be just dandy. But no, you, you're not. And, and the reason is because you, you need to be the one to, to put it down because they need parameters. God, the perfect dad with the perfect kids, gave them parameters. You know what he said? You can have 99% of everything, just not that tree. And they still sinned. We need parameters. We need, parameters are good. And we, they need discipline. And discipline is part of your As a matter of fact, you're not doing that showing that you don't really care. We need to be, we need to have a balance of no's. Got to say yeah sometime, right? But it's okay, guys. I encourage you. Lay it down to say, no, it ain't, it ain't happening here. It's not going to work in this house. All right? So talked about uh, uh, straightening out, sharpening, 
okay? And now let's talk about shooting them, right? Some of the guys like that. Let's shoot, let's shoot. No, shoot them. Dads, eventually we need to release our children, what? To fulfill God's will. You know what the goal in mind is when you have a kid is that they will not be with you forever. You, you, you will not. I mean, we'll be involved in each other's lives, but you will not be staying here forever. You need to move on now and learn what you've learned, apply that into your life. And it's going to be tough, you know. I don't know what the age number is on that. I'm not going to say everybody knows their kid, but you know when it's already past that time with your kid. You know when that's like, okay, this is uh, it's going way too far now, right? So like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills a quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Let me say this in closing. It's a blessing to have children. It's a blessing to be called the dad. It's a great responsibility. It's a privilege. It's a tough responsibility. But it's a rewarding. It's rewarding as well. You know, uh, Personally, even myself, to see Julian and Cynthia married and, and them singing together, it just it blows me away of the goodness of God. Uh, Ada and Justin, um, just, just eating dinner with them, and I'm just so, she didn't have to feed me, but just to see her taking care of her home, having things in order, she just was like, you know, I was just like, man, mama, you did it. You know, you're really, you're doing it, you know? And, and I was just so proud of her, and even my boys taking care of the things and the ones that are in the home and they're just starting to grow. It's just by the goodness of God that that happens. It really is. There's no f- special formula. We try these things as best we can. We leave it up to God and, and hopefully that it, it comes out the way that we want it, you know? But w- one of the things that helped me as a dad, and this is where I'm closing, okay? I'm closing. I said that already, right? This is where I'm closing is that one of the things that really blew me away early on in my faith was that I, I had a really small vision of what it meant to be a dad small vision of 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 a, of a parent you know and and to hear that when he was talking about blessed is a quiver i was thinking yeah i think i have a lot of money to be able to do that right but there was a blessing of that and i was at a at a conference where one of the men was talking about by you making the choice now for others you're making the choice for the legacy of your family and that just rocked me he said, the times, Dad, where you want to you cave in and you want to just give up, those are the times that you really need to do it because your children's children's children are going to be receiving that blessing that you're sacrificing for right now. That legacy that you're toiling for, that, that, you're, that you're giving up of yourself for, it's going to be paid forward. And it was hard for me because I didn't know too much of my, my, my history. I mean, matter of fact, my mom was the one that kind of gave me somewhat of a spiritual upbringing uh, in Catholicism and stuff, but it wasn't really my dad. So I was really feeling like, well, you know, I don't know, how does that relate to me? And he, the guy was basically saying, listen, you start the chain that breaks all that other stuff away. You start a new uh, uh, legacy for your family. Be the first one that goes. So I, I got something for you today to show you that. And uh, it's a chain. I had a bigger one, but I couldn't fit it in my bag. But I was, I was looking at this hangs up in the garage uh, in my workshop. And it's right on the side of the door. And it's a reminder that I'm starting the, 
the chain. And I'm connecting my kids to the Lord. And now there's two more, three more, four more, five more, six more. And the chain is continually going. So many times, guys, we have such a, a, a right now vision that that causes us to make foolish choices in life. Foolish choices in life. But when we have a, a God vision and we're thinking about what's going to happen to our children's children, we start making choices for this end result, not this, what's going to please me right now. Right? And we make sacrifices. And so I, I try that with my, my, my kids. I'm try, I tell them, you know what you're doing now? I, I know that's good, but is that going to be part of the big picture? Is that going to really be part of the big picture? Let's stand. I didn't even get a chance to get to the good stuff. No, I'm just... You guys made me finish early. Uh, Proverbs says that a, a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children. You know that that's not always financially... But leaving out inheritance is also leaving a spiritual inheritance, a richness. I'm blown away when I'm sitting along or sitting at a table with men that their father's father's father was a pastor or missionary. And there's just a whole line of them. And not to say that they all have to be a pastor father, but that somebody way back had decided to go ahead and, and make the sacrifice and accept the call and start placing the link onto the next person and to the next person to the next person and one of my desires still to this day is that a hundred years from now that my great grandkids will be talking about me not that you know they didn't know me really but just the stories and that he stepped in he made the sacrifice and he went ahead and said you know what for me and my house we will serve the Lord for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So today I ask for you, some of you men that are here today, actually all of you men, some of you are dads and some of you guys are not. But let's talk to the dads. Dads, if you're being passive over your call as a father, what I mean passive is like you ain't leading. Your wife is leading. She gets you to church. She makes sure you read. She makes sure that you're doing all the spirit. But I'm going to ask you to, first of all, even we're talking about Psalm 51. Tell the Lord, forgive me, because I've been passive on my responsibilities. And we're going to have prayer counselors here and, uh, alongside the wall in the front and in the back. Go to them and, and ask for prayer, that God may give you the strength, because he will, to get back into this great call and honor of being a father and a priest of your home. Right? And those of you that never had a vision of what that looks like. You never even thought about your great-grandkids or anything like that. You're just thinking about, how am I going to deal with them here now? Maybe God has showed you today, wow, you know what? There's, there's more to this than me. There's more to this than even them. And then out of them, like arrows, multiple arrows will be shooted out into the world. You can get even more done for the gospel. And then there's sons and daughters that are here today that... Maybe you put such a high expectation on your dad, you didn't even know that what he had to deal with. You didn't know that there was so much involved in being a dad. And you haven't cut him any slack. You've been hard on him. Instead of uh, being patient with him, 
or even giving him grace and you've just been throwing his name into the dirt. Maybe your mom has been the one helping you do that. Maybe mom has been throwing him into the dirt too. And I'm asking you today, give him grace. Forgive him. You're the only one that's going to be entrapped in that. Forgive him today. And tell him you forgive him and that you desire him to be that one man to start the new legacy in your family and in your life. Let's pray together as they go into this song. Father, we thank you today because you're a good father. And I thank you because Jesus demonstrated the relationship between you and him and what that looks like, a father and a son. Yes, Jesus was totally obedient, but we thank you that he was submissive to his father and always directed praise onto him. But we thank you because he not only demonstrated that, but he showed us a way by actions of love, giving of himself, everything of him, laying it on the cross, being humiliated, traded, and still giving glory and honor to you. And because of that sacrifice, now the wrath of God is removed. And through Jesus Christ only can we become children of God and now experience the Father as a Father and also as a Lord. And we know, Lord, that in that we see just great truths. You never leave us nor forsake us. You want the best, Lord, in the sense of what builds godly character in our lives. You lead us. You provide a will for us, as Jeremy said a few weeks ago. You, give, you show us that in Jesus, too, how you give your whole life as a living sacrifice. Help us as dads today to embrace that example and demonstrate that to our children one step at a time, starting with today. I pray that you give the prayer counselors even just the right words on what to, to pray for and, and uh, to help them and give them courage. And I pray for those that are our children of, of fathers that are not in their lives now or maybe have passed away, but yet there are still unmet expectations that has been dragging them down. And every time of this year, there's just a sense of anger or, or, or resentment. And I pray, God, that today that they release that. That they may not embrace unforgiveness and bitterness, but that they may embrace forgiveness and grace. For you have demonstrated that and given that to us. Let us do the same for others. Help us again, Holy Spirit, to empower us to walk this out. In Jesus' name.